we've been in a study around here on the tabernacle. And the, the focus of our study on the tabernacle uh, is, is one of uh, worship. That in God there is a destination in our worship. And so we've been in this study around here. And uh, this picture has been kind of the focus of our study. And last week Benjamin taught and he did, uh, just laid such a wonderful foundation and did an overview of all that is in the tabernacle and the furnishings and, and, and all of that. And it's all wonderful. But today I just want to share with you, uh, we come to a place today in, uh, in this journey through the tabernacle that is uh, causing us to understand that in God there's a destination. In the presence of the Lord there's a destination. Every time we worship, there's a, there's a place that we are to come in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I have this nifty little thing now. See, I can point it there. You see the little red light? Okay. Uh, th- thank you, Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin saw me teaching, and, and, and uh, these pictures are up here, and I'm pointing like this. And he's it's like, that doesn't work. And so he saw that I had this, this little pointer today. But I want, I want to share some scripture with you, and I want you to consider this tabernacle in the wilderness. This is the children of Israel, and they're all camped around uh, the tabernacle that God gave uh, instruction to Moses to build, and the scriptures that we've been looking at are in Ezekiel, or, I mean in Exodus 25, uh, where the Lord says to Moses, according to all that I have shown you, I want you to make the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the furniture, uh, even so shall you make it. In other words, the Lord is saying to Moses, I want you to make this exactly as I show you. We're far more laid back than that. We don't want God to tell us that things have to be exact. But in this particular picture that we are given in Scripture, the Lord says to us, I want this exactly as I'm going to show you. And so put that picture back up there. So uh, the, the Lord says, to uh, Moses, here's the tabernacle. I want you to set it in the midst of the people. I want them camped all around it. I want to be in the center of their life. I want their focus on me. I want their attention turned to me. I don't want their attention looking behind them. I don't want them looking back. I don't want them looking at their past. I don't want them longing for uh, the leeks and the onions of Egypt. I don't want them looking back at at the time that they spent in Egypt and and, and longing for... I want their attention on me. So today we come to this day, this great celebration of resurrection, and the word of the Lord is still the same. I want your attention. If you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when God created created Adam and Eve, and the word says that he came to them in the cool of the day, and he relaxed with them, he sat with Adam and Eve, and he visited with them. His word to them then was, I want your attention on me. And so we get this beautiful picture where God sets himself right in the middle of his people and he says, I want you to just camp all the way around me. I want your attention on me. That's not because God is arrogant. He's just right. You're not arrogant when you're right. You're just right. 
So today we come to uh, an important day in the course of this discussion. Over the coming weeks, we're going to talk about uh, the altar uh, and the washing laver and, and all of the furniture that is in this tent right here, the uh, candlestick and the table of showbread where they really had their first experience with communion and uh, the altar of incense that is in there where worship is offered to the Lord and then, and then on into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is and, and where the elements that are in the Ark of the Covenant. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about all those things. Yes, there it is. We're going to be talking about all those things over the next few weeks. But today, today, the day that we celebrate resurrection, I want, go back to the other picture, I want you to see right here. You see that drape that is all the way around the tabernacle? Right there, those three sections right there, that's the door. Boy, that's deep, isn't it? The way that you get into this enclosure, the way that you get into the altar, uh, the place of repentance and the, and the place of the presence of God is that door right there. There's no other way. It's important for us to realize in a generation and in a culture where uh, the the culture around us is telling us that that all roads lead to Rome, that all roads lead to our destination, that you can take any road you want and you're going to find God there. And God built a tabernacle in the middle of his people and he said, there is only one door. There's only one door. His name is Jesus. Today I want to challenge you that as you've heard the gospel shared and as you've heard uh, the message uh, uh, delivered in so many different and, and uh, unique ways and through dance and through singing and, and all that has been said and through our worship time in the presence of the Lord this morning, how sweet the presence of the Lord is. I want to share uh, the word uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many people will find it. But he says, I want want you to enter at the the gate. I I want you to come through the gate. You come through the door. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life, and there are few that will find it. The Lord says to you today, there's one gate. There's one door. There's only one way to the presence of the Lord. There's only one way to an eternity with God. There's only one way to uh, the resurrected Lord. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. He's the door. He is the way. 
That may not be popular. That may not be what everyone wants to hear in our generation and in our culture. And, and we're living in an environment where someone says, well, if that's what you believe, that's okay. That's your truth. And if this is what you believe, that's all right. That's your truth. But I submit to you today that truth is truth. And when we stand before God, he's going to say there is one truth. His name is Jesus. There is one door. There is one gate. There's one way into the presence of the Lord. And if we are to reach our destination, we're going to go through that door. If you're going to reach your destination, if you're going to reach your your destiny in God, if you're going to reach the things that God has purposed for you and planned for you and for your life, you're going to go through the door. His name is Jesus. I'll give you some other scripture this morning. John chapter 14. The words of Jesus. Really sweet, tender words of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions, and if it, if it were not true, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. I'll receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Where I go, you know, the way you know. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. I don't understand this. How can we know the way? And Jesus said these wonderful words, I am the way. It's simple. I was, I was contemplating all of this as, as I was thinking about today and how we're going to present the gospel in all these various ways and, and, and how we're going to share Jesus and how we're going to tell this, this wonderful story of redemption and, in song and in word. And, and all of these things were, were uh, crossing my mind. I'm in the, in the middle, we're in the middle of a doctrinal study in, in the internship. And, and last, uh, last week I taught uh, uh, on, on doctrine and, and we were... We were sitting in that study and I was thinking as I walked away from our, our couple of hours in the Word together, I thought, Lord, I, I've been in ministry for 34 years and I taught things tonight that I've never taught before. In terms of doctrine. We got into some deeper things than, than we've experienced before in that conversation all the things about theology and, and, and all the things about redemption and you start talking about God and you start talking about all these complicated ideas and, and, and philosophies and thinking as you get into the word of God, things get, just, just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and we're having a conversation with my mother-in-law the other night. She's studying Ezekiel right now and you have to really have a brain to study Ezekiel. And I was thinking about uh, words like redemption and, and predestination and, and forgiveness and, and, and all of these theological expressions of who God is that help us to understand him. And, and you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Don't forget the simplicity of the message. All of that is wonderful and it's rich and the deep things of God cry out to the deep things in the heart of man, and we want to peel back the layers of who he is, and we want to understand all the details about God. 
And we want him to reveal himself to us. And so we get in the scripture, the Bible says to dig in there, that in there you, you think you have eternal life, in there is your promise, in there is, is, your, is your eternity, in there is everything after this life that really matters most. It's all in there. And we want to peel back the layers of who God is. We want to see the multifaceted beauty and the diversity of all that he is. Just like in the room this morning. How beautiful that mix of who God is. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, all of that's wonderful, all of that's beautiful, but don't you forget the simplicity of the message, I am the door. Jesus came born of a virgin, lived in the earth, spent uh, 33 years, and he began, when, when he stepped into public ministry, he went around healing the sick and raising the dead and, and opening the eyes of the blind and, and, and preaching and teaching all those wonderful uh, concepts that are in the Word of God. And, and you read through uh, the Sermon on the Mount and you read through all of the things that he said. And when it comes down to it, his blood was shed, he was laid in the grave he rose again and the simplicity of it all is whosoever will may come so whatever you believe about whatever you believe about all of those things when you're studying Ezekiel and when you're studying Daniel and when you're looking in Revelation and you're talking about all the fearful things that are coming up on the earth don't forget the simplicity of the message He shed his blood for the remission of sin. And if we'll receive that, whosoever will may come. Just come, receive. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like God is saying all of that's wonderful and it's all important and it will enrich your life. You should dig. You should know him. You should know him in in the multifaceted layers of of, of the beauty of his expressions in worship and in in music and in in art and in all of those things that that, that describe. It's written in in the very creation, the word says. And yet it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, cut to the chase. Repent. Receive. Receive. Come on in. Isn't that wonderful? I want to read. In this passage, John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus is talking to them about coming, and he says, anybody who wants to come in in this this particular passage, he said, anybody who wants to come in comes in through the door. Anyone who attempts to come in any other way is a thief and a robber. So Jesus says to them again in verse 7, Most assuredly I say to you, I'm the door for the sheep. All who ever came before me, all who ever came before me and said that they were the way, they were thieves and robbers. Only one way. I'm the way. But the sheep did not hear them because I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. That's what you did this morning when we were worshiping. You went went into the presence of the Lord. And we just get to go in and out. 
anytime. I love that the word says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Just come and get help in your time of need. Just come. I wanted to read this in the, uh, in the Living Bible. I don't do that often, but it just said it a way that I received it, I guess, in simplicity. Listen to this. In verse, same, same passage of scripture, John 10, verse 7. So he explained to them, I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the gate. I'm the access. Where's that picture? Put that picture up there again, Jonathan. I'm going to drive those folks in the booth crazy. So he says to them, I'm the gate. That's me right there. I don't care what you believe about anything else that you believe. I don't care what you believe about the drapes and the, and the posts and the, and the rings that held up the, the curtains and the cords that, that, that were tied to the stakes. There's all kinds of theological expressions in all of that. There's all kinds of wonderful truths all buried in all of that. But whatever you believe, I'm the door. Whatever you discover and all the rest of that, it, it still comes back to I'm the door. All others who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep, the true sheep did not listen to them. How do you know if you're a true sheep of his pasture? How do you know? You listened. You said yes. I I don't know about people. You know, some some folks say, they say, well, uh, uh, you know, this this God thing, and, you know, he picked who he wanted, and he knew who was going to go. People get into all kinds of strange discussions. And they say, well, it must have not been for me. Well, if that's your conclusion, then it probably wasn't. There's a gospel for you. If you conclude it's not for you, it's probably not. But that's not what he said. He said, if you will. Come. If you'll go through the door, it's for you. If you decide not to go through the door, I don't know why some folks won't. It was was a terrible discovery in my life. When I read that verse, whosoever will may come, and the Holy Spirit says to me, and some won't. I have yet to figure that out. And they'll sit there and say, well, God, God doesn't want me, and they'll just talk themselves out of it. And the whole time the word says, if he gave Jesus, if he gave Jesus, the full expression of the heart of the Father, if he gave Jesus, how will he not with him freely give all things that are needed for life and for godliness? If he he was willing to give you Jesus, if he was willing to give you his precious prized possession, his only son. If he was willing to give that to get you there, how will he not with him give you anything else that you need to help you arrive? Isn't that wonderful? And then, whosoever will may come, and some won't. Let's not be among those today. Let's be among those who will. I want to give you a few more scriptures some things that just came into my heart as I was contemplating the simplicity of this gospel. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor 
and are heavy laden. See those backpacks? Wasn't that cool? Come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. All of you who have a heavy burden of, uh, of worry. All of you who have a heavy burden of sickness. All who, who are carrying a heavy burden of brokenness. All of you who are carrying a heavy burden of concern. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I'll take that backpack. I'll take that heaviness. I'll take that burden. Cast your care on me, the word says. He said, he said just cast your care on me. Just, just throw it over there on me. I care for you. I just love when I find myself in the throes of worry and, and, and the great uh, weight of difficulty. And all of a sudden, the, I'm reminded in the word where the Bible says, cast your care on him. And I'm able to go, oh God, I forgot. It's your problem. It's not mine. It's, it's, isn't, that, isn't that just escapism? It's not my problem. Well, I didn't say it, he did. You can worry if you want to. You can wring your hands and assume that everything's going to fall apart. I just choose not to do that. The Bible says I cast my care on him. Listen to this. In, In Revelation chapter 22 and 17, it says it this way. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Come. And listen to this, listen to these words. And let him that hears, do you hear this morning? Let him that hears say, come. You know what he said? Everybody say, come. That's what he's saying. Oh, pastor, you're just so radical. Well, he says, if you have an ear... And you can hear. Come. Boy, that is just too simple, isn't it? It it just ought to be harder than that to get to God. There's something about the religious thinking that we get all tied up in that, that we've got to make it so difficult. When he just says, I just want you here, would you come? I just love when everybody, all the kids come over to my house. We have a lot of them. When we're all together, there's 17 of us. We just got a picnic table that'll seat 20. Because we're expecting more. Where are my kids at? We're expecting more. (laughs) Why? Because we just want them to come. It's the heart of the Father. He just just wants you to come. He doesn't want the, the enemy is the one that gets up in your ear and begins to tell you how God doesn't want you and how you're not worthy and how you, you've just done you've done so many things to disappoint him. Well, if that's the criteria, then I'm out. But Jesus is the criteria. He's the door. And he keeps saying it over and over again. We keep discovering in his word another place where he says, Come. We've already read this scripture and referred to it several times throughout the morning. But I want to read the broader 
28 and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says, Take my yoke upon you. Just, just, just take my burden. Let, take the burden that I give you. Take the weight of the responsibility that I give you. Don't load up your own backpack. Man, that was just really, really good, wasn't it? With the worries of this life, would you take, just carry the things that I give you? I'm not going to give you something that's heavier than you can carry. I'm not going to give you a responsibility that is greater than your measure of grace. I'm going to grace you for whatever you are challenged with and whatever I allow you to go through. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to grace you for that. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. There's those layers that we were talking about, that multifaceted picture of who he is. Every time I go through the tabernacle, Jonathan, you can put that back up there. Every time I go through the tabernacle, we were discussing this this morning in prayer, we were actually talking. People do that. I've been through the tabernacle uh, for so many different reasons over the years. I've studied and, and dug into various elements and aspects of the tabernacle. And every time I go through it, I discover another layer of Jesus in there. I, I discover another layer of his grace and another layer of his mercy and another picture of his, his loving kindness and another picture of his redemption and another picture of his forgiveness. Just take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, you would think that if Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, that he would, he would deliver to you some great, deep, religious thing to understand. Some deep theological message about redemption and about the blood and about the cross. If Jesus said, come and take my yoke upon you and learn of me, you would think that he would, he would in that moment... At least start a TV ministry. You know what he said? I'm meek and lowly at heart. And if you come to me, you find rest for your soul. And I know that I'm, I know in my spirit, I'm talking to some folks who are in great crisis. There's some people that are sitting under the sound of my voice today and your life day to day is just turmoil. And you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen next week. And you're worried about what's going to happen with gas prices and wages and, and, and worried about what's going to be happening with relationships and, and where you're going to be this time next year. And Jesus says, come, come, all you that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke, learn of me, and then he gives that great discovery, because I'm meek and lowly. There you find again the simplicity of who he is. Come. I'm meek and lowly, and it is here that you find rest. 
Oh, you ought to say within yourself, that sounds good to me. I love rest. I have a recliner. I love rest. Come to Jesus. And in him you find rest. And all of that turmoil gets sorted out in his presence. And he says, don't carry that anymore. Let me carry that. You carry this. Don't carry that anymore. What are you carrying that for? He used to ask folks, how are you doing, Dominic? Well, I'm doing fine under the circumstances. Well, get out from under there. What are you doing under there when Jesus paid it all? When Jesus carried it. When Jesus lifted the burden and he said, let me show you what you need to carry. And don't carry anything else. Just carry what I tell you to carry. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you know I have walked with God all of these years, 34 years in ministry. I have never one time had God put something on my shoulders that was heavy. Never one time has God put a burden in my life that was bigger than I could carry. Never one time have I faced difficulty that I could not lift unless I created it myself. His burden is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Stand together this morning. The prayer teams are coming and they're going to be here and I'm just going to challenge you this morning. It is, it is a day that you could write in the history of your life and you could say, today's the day that I cast my care upon Him. Today's the day that I discovered that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Today's the, the day that I discovered the simplicity of the Gospel. Don't leave here today and carry the burden of your life with you when today you can lay it at the feet of Jesus. Don't leave the way that you came. Don't leave. Especially if you're in this room. We've been talking to you all day. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus and you've never submitted your life to Him, today is your opportunity. The Word says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. When you hear the word, whosoever will may come, would you be one of those people who says, I will? I will? Oh God, I will. I will come. I won't let anything or anyone talk me out of it. This is what I want you to do today as we are coming to the conclusion of our time together. Don't carry any burden out of here prayer teams are waiting for you they want you to come and if you come and, and there's a bit of a line other prayer teams will come they're all, they're all ready for you they're, they're full of faith they're excited to pray with you if you come to them and you say I'm carrying a heavy burden I'm going through some circumstances right now and, and this is the difficulties that I'm facing they're going to take your hands and they're going to pray a prayer of faith with you they're going to believe God with you for wisdom and understanding how to navigate through the challenges of your life.
If you're here this morning and you've not received Jesus, you just need to come up to one of these prayer teams and you need to say, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior. I need to say yes to him. I need to be that guy who said, who, to, to, who said yes when he said come. I need to be that guy. So I challenge you this morning to come. Father, I pray that this word has pierced our hearts. I pray that for every diverse circumstance or situation that is represented in this room, that the Holy Spirit has been able to pierce us with the simplicity of the good news. We're able to respond and say yes to Jesus. Would you meet us here at the altar today, Lord? Would you take those burdens? Would you take those backpacks of concern and worry? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just stand in his presence for a minute. I believe the Holy Spirit is dealing with some hearts this morning. And you'll talk yourself out of it and you'll run for the door. If you don't listen to the whisper. Whisper, Holy Spirit. Whisper, Holy Spirit. Now I want to pray a blessing over you. If you're visiting with us, I'd like to meet you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to us there at the door as you go out today and you continue your family celebrations. But don't leave here the same when people of faith will pray with you and believe with you. Let me pray a blessing over you today. Father, we bless this gathering of people. We bless this community of faith. We bless this this group of believers. And and, and, uh, we pray that you would bless them in everything that they set their hand to this week. God, we pray that you would go with them into their workplaces and into their lives. We pray that they would not walk alone. We pray that you'd bless them on the right hand and on the left, rising up and lying down. We pray that you would bless them going in and going out. And then that great deposit, that great potential from you, that great gift of the Holy Spirit that is in each of them. Father, I pray that you would let it be manifested in their life. Let let your potential in them be manifested, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.